I want to thank you all for coming out to hear the word this morning. I know that there are a lot of things that you can be doing this morning, but instead you came out and you chose to hear the word of God. You know, it's so important that we know the word of God. And I know I say this so often, but it's because it's true. All right. Literally, the word of God is truth. All right. Everything in everything in the Bible is 100 percent accurate. It is the only thing on this earth. The only material thing on this earth that is 100 percent. All right. The only thing on this earth that is 100% accurate. And it's, it's amazing how many Christians don't know the word. All right. I'm not saying they don't have salvation, but they don't know the word. Okay. And these are, you know, People who have been Christians for a long time, people who um, should be very, very deep in the Christian faith. All right. People who have been around for a very long time. OK. Um, and I've seen this before. Yes, they have their Bibles. You know, yes, it's very thick. It's filled with. Um, bookmarks, it's filled with um, highlighted verses, all right, underlined on um, scriptures, all right, it's filled with all of that, you know, it looks, it looks kind of beaten up like it's been through a lot, like it's really been used throughout the years, okay, um, and yet you ask this person who owns this book, you know, to to tell you something about the word and they won't know anything. Yes, they have salvation. Yes, they'll say, oh, yes, Jesus is real. Oh, yes, I have Jesus. Oh, yes, I'm going to heaven. And yet they have no idea about the word. Because they don't think it's that important. You know, oh, I know about Jesus. You know. I don't need to read the Bible because I know about Jesus. You know, I don't need to know the history about Israel. I don't live over there. You know, or I ain't no missionary. I don't need to read about Paul. Or what I need to worry about the revelation for. You know, it ain't happened yet or it's happening right now. What I need to worry about that for. When Jesus comes and gets me, he's going to get me. <laughs> and that's the mentality that a lot of people have. They, you know, or they just don't like to read or whatever. I don't know. But it's so important that we know our Bible because the Bible is truth. All right. And what a lot of people don't know because they don't read the word is that when we read the Bible, the Bible helps us go grow stronger in our Christian faith. All right. 
It helps us grow stronger in our Christian faith and it helps us grow closer to God. All right. And I'll tell you what, God loves it when his people read the word because God loves it when his people try to get closer to him. He does. He loves it when his people try to get closer to him. God already knows you. He knows everything about you. He knows how many steps you're going to take each day. He knows how many hairs you have on your head. He knows what you're going to say before you say it. All right. And he knows what you're going to do five years from now. Okay. He knows everything about you. He wants you to get to know him. And in reading the word, that's what you're doing. You're getting to know God. Now, yes, there are a lot of times when things are hard to understand in the Bible. I'll admit that. I'll be the first to admit that. All right. There are still some things that I still do not understand in the Bible. All right. Still, when God sees that we are reading the word and that we are taking the initiative to want to get to know him. All right. He will show us favor in helping us to understand his word. All right. We say, Lord, please give give me a revelation. Help me to understand what I am reading. And he will. He will. All right. And, you know, I often joke, you know, um, but I certainly appreciate you reading the word because I'm the one who is speaking from this podcast, you know, so I'm glad that you're reading along with me, you know, and I mean, even if nobody is, even if nobody does listen to this podcast, you know, I still do it for my own benefit. You know, I love doing this podcast, you know, but I'm doing this so that I could help lead others to Christ. And, you know, it really feels good, you know, to see or to know that other people are reading the word. All right. And not just taking man's word for it. Oh, well, because, you know, he has some kind of credentials. Obviously, he's right. Obviously, he's reading the truth. You know, obviously he's speaking the truth, you know, so, you know, if he if he's saying it, you know, why should I have to follow along? No. All right. As I said, this is the only thing in the world that is 100 percent true. The Bible is the only thing in the world that is 100 percent true. I am still human. I may accidentally, unintentionally without even knowing that I said it, say the wrong thing, all right? And because you don't know the scripture, you don't even realize that I said the wrong thing. So you have to know the word for yourself. That way, God forbid, I, I ever say the wrong thing, or if, I, or if I even say something that you disagree with, you know, you could say, wait, hold on. So what you're saying is this, or wait, hold on. I don't agree with that. Or wait, hold on. You just said the wrong thing and the Bible doesn't say that. And you can correct me. 
But if you don't know the scripture, then you know what? Both of us lose out because, you know, I messed up. I said the wrong thing. And because you don't know your word, because you don't know the word, you just took it all in. And you just accepted the wrong thing. So you have to know the word. You have to know the word. All right. That's why it's so important. All right. With that being said, um, today's topic that I want to speak to you about is called picking up one's cross. Picking up one's cross. What does that mean? Many of us who are Christians who do read the Bible, we may know that we we may know those um words from the book of Matthew. All right? From those who really know the word um off the top of their head, they may recognize those words from the book of Matthew chapter 16. All right? But to be more precise, it's from the book of Matthew chapter 16, verses 24. And I want to read um, verses 24 through 25. All right. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Let me go back to verse 24. What does that mean and take up his cross and follow me? Is that saying that when Jesus died on the cross on, on Calvary, is that saying that there was more than just Jesus and those other two people next to him that died that day? Is that saying that on that day when Jesus was crucified, more of his disciples was crucified with him? Is that what it's saying? Maybe that verse is speaking to me. Is it saying that, you know, hey, Dion Phillips Crown, because you love me, one day some people are going to come to your house and... They're going to take you away and they're going to crucify you. They're going to put you to they're going to put you to a tree. They're going to put you to a piece of wood and they're going to drive nails through your hands and they're going to crucify you because you love. Them. Is that what it's saying? No, that's not what it's saying. What Jesus was saying in verse 24 was, OK, he was using picking up one's cross. He was using that as an example. All right. Or an analogy. Or a metaphor, or whatever you want to call it. All right. Jesus, he knew that he was going to die on the cross. He was talking about persecution when he said picking up one's cross. He knew that he would be persecuted on the cross. All right. By by being hung on a cross to die. Okay. Now Back then, that was a real form of punishment, all right? It wasn't, they weren't saying, okay, because you are Jesus, because you're claiming to be the son of God, 
you are going to have to be nailed to a cross, specifically you, along with these two other guys that's going to be hanging next to you. No, that was a real form of punishment back then. All right. And it was a cruel form of punishment. And it was a long, drawn out form of punishment. All right. It was not a nice way to go. OK. It was not a nice way to go at all. All right. We look at the death penalty and we say that those punishments can be cruel and unusual. This was a cruel and unusual punishment. OK. It was it's a very long often for the person to die. Now, Jesus, he knew how he was going to go. He he knew how he was going to go. He knew that he was going to be tried unfairly. Um, he knew that people were going to um, ridicule him. He knew that people were going to yell at him, revile against him. All right. Um, mock him. He knew that he was going to carry his cross up a hill, his own cross that he was going to die on. He was going to have to carry that cross up a hill. All right. And he knew that they were going to put nails. All right. Into his hands. And they did a lot more than this, all right? And they knew, and he knew that he was going to have to hang on that cross and bleed out until he died, okay? And he knew that that would be a long punishment, okay? He knew that. So Christ Jesus, he was using this as an analogy, all right? When he said to pick up one's cross. All right. And I'm going to read verses 24 again. It said, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, in other words, to follow him, to become his disciples, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. All right. Now, let's look back at what that means. Let him deny himself. All right. Now, basically what that means is, all right, all the comforts he has, all the all the worldly possessions he has, all the things that he used, that these people used to set their minds on, that these, that these people used to put first in their life. All right. All the wealth that they had. If they're going to follow Christ and they're going to have to deny themselves of those things and focus on Christ, because none of that stuff is important. None of that stuff matters when it comes to following Christ. In other words, you're going to have to go through it. You're you are no longer going to have. All right. The luxuries. These luxuries when you begin to follow Christ. All right. And you will be persecuted. That's what it means when it says to take up your cross, you will be persecuted. People will hate you. People will mock you. 
people will ridicule you. And yes, in some countries, they do even sentence you to death. All right. In some people, in some places. All right. For being a Christian, they sentence you to death. It's a quick death. All right. It's not right, but still, it's a quick death. There are other countries where if they find out that you are a Christian, they'll stone you in front of everybody. They will burn you, light you on fire in front of everybody. All right. You will be persecuted. That is what it means when it says to pick up one's cross. Now, is everybody going to die? Um, or martyred? Is everyone going to be martyred who is a Christian? Probably not. Probably not. Okay? But when you become a Christian, when you do make that decision to be a follower of Christ Jesus, you are giving up a lot. You are giving up a lot. All right? A lot of your friends are no longer going to want to be your friends. A lot of your family, they're going to want to distance themselves from you. All right. A lot of people who once thought that, you know, you were an awesome guy in the community. They're, they're now going to think that you're a crazy person. All right. Once you make that decision to follow Christ, it's not going to be easy. You will be persecuted. Some worse than others, but you will be persecuted. Now, where it says deny, deny yourself, all right? Where it says let him deny himself, all right? Now, does that mean to okay... If you live in a nice house, you're going to have to sell your house. If you have nice um, things, you're going to have to sell all of your nice things. Um, if you have um, investments or money in the bank, you're going to have to give away all that money. That's not what it's saying at all. No, that's not what it's saying at all. That would be foolish. Okay. What it's saying is that when you decide to follow Christ, you're giving up a lot. You will give up a lot. You will have to give up a lot when you decide to follow Christ. Okay. For whoever, decide, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. In other words, for whoever desires to um, live according to this world, put their trust in worldly things, all right, to love this world. To love money, to love um, living in mansions, to love things, 
alright? And put all of their trust in these things. And to love to have fun. Alright? And and not care about the Lord. They will lose their life. And what that means by they will lose their life is they will not have eternal life in heaven. That means when they die, they will perish in hell. That's what it means when they say they will lose their life. All right. But whoever loses his life for my sake, it doesn't just say whoever loses his life. It says whoever loses his life for my sake. They will find it. So if you did. So for those people who are denying themselves and for picking up their cross. OK. They are the who who are denying themselves and picking up their cross to follow Jesus. They are losing their life for Christ's sake. They're not just. Losing their life, they're losing their life for Christ's sake. And because they are giving up all of that stuff for the sake of Christ, because they're giving up all of all of that stuff that they have, all of their possessions, all of their luxuries that they have in the name of Christ. They will find their life when they die. In other words, when they die. They will receive. More than more than they ever could have imagined in heaven. All right. The book of first Peter, chapter two, verses twenty one. Book of first Peter, chapter two, verses twenty one. It says, for to this you were called because Christ also suffered for us leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. In other words, when Christ died, as I say, as I said, from the moment Christ was betrayed in the garden of Gethsemane, all the way till when he died on the cross, that was set as an example of what we would have to go through, of how we would have to suffer, all right? An example, mind you. Listen to that. An ex it was an example, all right? That's not how we're going to suffer. No one will ever have to suffer like that again. No one ever will suffer like that again, okay? That's just an example, okay, of how we will suffer, okay? No one can ever suffer like that again. Because we, decide, because we decided to follow Christ, we will face trials and tribulations in his name. In his name. All right. We're not just going to face trials and tribulations. Okay. In other words, we're not just going to go through any old hard times. Okay. Where bad stuff are going to start happening to us. All right. No, we're going to go through trials and tribulations in Christ's name. All right. Because we are Christians. We will face persecution. 
All right. In Christ's name. We will face trials. We will face tribulations. Because we follow Christ Jesus. All right. As I said, some are way worse than others. Some trials and tribulations, some people will have to suffer way worse than others. All right. And to be honest, you know, many of us who are Christians, we should be so grateful that we don't have to suffer like a lot of other people suffer around the world. All right. Because, I mean, you look at where we live, you know, um, they can say that this is the um, most Christian country in the entire world. Okay. If you take a survey, that might be true. All right. That may be true. There, this country has the most people who will identify with as Christians. But you go to places like Iraq, all right, and other places in these Middle Eastern countries, all right? Yes, they might have a smaller percent of Christianity over there than they do in this country. But compared to the people over there who are Christians, compared to these people, over here who are Christians. I could I could say right now, man, I wish I had their strength. Because every day they have to go through it. You know. They have the right to wonder every day that okay, should I worry today? Because, I mean, if I get caught being a Christian, I can be burned to death. I can have parts of my body chopped off. I can be stoned. I can be executed. And if these people are generous, they might just throw me in prison for life. But you know what? I'm a Christian and God is more powerful than these people are. And I know that if I die, I will go to heaven and I know that I'm being persecuted in Christ's name. And I'm proud of it. I am glad to call myself a Christian. All right. I'm so happy that I live in a country that is known to be the most Christian country in the world still how many people who call themselves Christians in this country can honestly say that they are as strong as a lot of other Christians in these other countries who are being persecuted but I digress <laughs> I digress you know I'm getting off topic <laughs> okay I just want to read first Peter chapter two, verses 21. All right. Because it tells us that 
you know, Christ dying on the cross, that's just an example of what we will go through when we decide to follow Christ Jesus. All right. When we decide to follow Christ Jesus, we are denying ourselves and picking up our cross. All right. We now make that decision. We might not say it directly, but we are now making that decision that when we decide to follow Christ that, hey, from now on, I will be persecuted. In the name of Christ Jesus, I will be persecuted for. For my faith. For being a Christian. Others will look down on me for no reason. But I know. I know. That when I die. I will find life in heaven. I will have eternal life in heaven. We make that decision. The second. We decide to follow Christ. The second we decide that we will follow Christ. Turn with me to the book of John verses 8, I mean chapter 8 rather, verses 12. John chapter 8 verses 12. John chapter 8 verses 12. Then Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. You know, all of this talk when I say, when we decide to follow Christ, we, will, we, have to, we must deny ourselves. We will pick up our cross. We will be persecuted. We will be mocked. Other people... You know, some people in this world, they will die. You know, um, some people in this world, they will be martyred for their faith in Christ Jesus. Um, makes it seem like kind of a downer, doesn't it? You know, the thought may come in your head, well, why would I want to do this? Why would I possibly want to follow Christ Jesus? I mean, is all of this worth it? Is all of that worth it just to follow Christ Jesus? Just to follow a being that I cannot physically see? Is all of it worth it? The book of John chapter 8 verses 12 gives us a more positive look in saying, yes, it is all worth it. Yes, it is all worth it to pick up your cross and follow him. To go through the persecution, to go through the suffering and follow Christ Jesus. The book of John chapter 8 verses 12 gives us a more positive outlook on it.
Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So, you know, if you follow Christ Jesus, yes, you will be persecuted. If you, be if you become his disciple, you know, yes, you will go through suffering. All right. However, you have to remember that Jesus is the light of the world. All right. And whoever follows Jesus will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. You see other people who do not know Jesus. They are constantly in darkness. They do not know the truth. They think that they will find happiness in worldly things. They think that they will find life in worldly things. They think that they think that they will really find pleasure in the pleasures of this world. All right? They worship money. They worship cars. All right. Many people in this world, they worship sex. All right. To put it bluntly. They worship having friends. They worship clothes. And they think that they will find pleasure if they worship these things long enough. All right. They are constantly walking in darkness. They do not know the truth. Many of these people are searching for truth. And because they do not have Jesus Christ, they are constantly searching for truth. And they will not find that truth. They will continue to search for truth until they find Christ Jesus. All right. But for those people who are following Christ, for those people who do follow Christ, even though, yes, we may suffer, all right? Even though we're not like those people who, who worship money and all the other worldly things, and even though we're not like those people who are persecuting those people who follow Christ Jesus, and even though we are denying ourselves, you know what? We will not walk in darkness, but we will have the light of life. Why? Because Jesus is the light of the world. All of this other stuff, all of these material things, all of these worldly things, they're all lies. What do you mean they're all lies? People think that they will get pleasure out of them. All right. Satan, a lot of times will lead people to believe that if we put our trust in things. That we will get something out of it, we will get something in return from it. They're all lies. You put your trust in worldly things. Then you will be deceived. 
because they will give nothing back. Alright? It's as I said before. The Bible is the only thing in this world that is 100% true. Okay? Jesus Christ, he is the light of the world. You follow Christ Jesus, you will find that light. All right. If you follow money, um, if you follow uh, if you follow cars, if you follow clothes, if you follow sex, you will be in darkness. You will not find anything. But if you follow Christ Jesus. He is the light of the world. He is the light of the world and you will know the truth because you will see the truth. You will see the world for what it is. If you follow Christ Jesus. James chapter 1 verses 12. Book of James chapter 1 verses 12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. So, for those who endures temptation, for those who throughout, for those who follow Christ, who endures persecution, who endures temptation, who endures trials and tribulation, okay? When he has been approved, when he dies, when he goes before God and God judges him and God accepts him, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him, all right? So for those who follow Christ and endure all the pain, all the suffering, all the persecution, all right, and all the trials and all the tribulations, they will receive their reward. They will receive the crown of life when they reach heaven, all right? And that's not just something that we hope for. Or that's not just something that, you know, that there's a chance of us getting. All right. That's something that is promised to us. From God. That's something that God promises to us. All right. The Lord has promised it to us, to those who love him. Blessed is he who remains steadfast through the trials and tribulations. And, you know, I don't want you thinking that, you know, when you follow Christ, you know, because you have because you're being persecuted that, you know, you're going to be facing all kind of depression, all kind of anxiety, 
you know, and you're just going to be a miserable person on this earth. I don't want you thinking that. Because, yes, when you follow Christ, it is a struggle, but it's a different kind of struggle. All right. It's not your average, regular, everyday struggle. All right. Yes, it is a struggle, but you know what? It's the most beautiful struggle there is. It's the most beautiful struggle there is. All right. Because we know that when we go through it, we will never have to go through it alone because Christ Jesus will always be right there with us. He will always be right there with us. And we can never give that argument and say, well, you don't know what it's like. Or how would you know? I dare you to say that to Christ Jesus. I dare you to pray and say, God, you don't know what it's like. Christ Jesus, you don't know what it's like. I dare you to say that. No, you don't know what it's like. All right. Christ Jesus died on the cross and much more. All right. Because don't think that he just died instantly and there was no pain in it. No. Christ Jesus died so that we wouldn't have to. All right. And that's what makes this struggle so beautiful is because Christ Jesus will always be there with us and he knows what we are going through because he has been there. And no matter how much pain you are going through, Christ Jesus can always match it and more. So you have his empathy. All right. Turn with me to the book of John, chapter 16, verses 33. The book of John, chapter 16, verses 33. John, chapter 16, verses 33. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I love that verse. I love that verse. Because that describes right now what I'm talking about. That is, that could be a direct follow up to where it says, deny yourself and pick up your cross. For whoever saves their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake We'll save it. This could be a direct follow-up to those two sets of scriptures. All right. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So yes, you will go through trials and tribulations and you will go through suffering and you will go through persecution. Okay. But it's not your regular everyday struggle. Yes, it is a struggle. All right. When you become a Christian, when you decide to follow Jesus, it is a struggle. 
all right and it can be hard okay and for some people there may be a time where when no one's looking you just cry because it's so hard all right but one of the reasons why it's such a beautiful struggle is because you are doing it with Jesus and you can find peace in Jesus. So whenever you're going through hard times, whenever it feels like you are all alone, you can know that you are not alone. And whenever it feels like, you know, you just have so much anxiety and that you just feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders, you can just find peace in Christ Jesus. All right. You can always find peace in Christ Jesus. That is one of the most beautiful things about following him. It's because, yes, it's a struggle, but it's just such an easy way to find peace. All right. In any other struggle, in any other time when when a person struggles, when a person is going through it, when a when a person is um, going through trials and tribulation, it can be really hard to just to just find peace where it can be really hard to just have that one good day all right or you just don't know where to go to to get rest from all of the craziness of this world all right but in the Christian struggle, in the struggle of following Christ Jesus, that's a whole nother kind of struggle because you will know that Christ Jesus is right next to you. And whenever you decide and whenever you are going through it, all right, and whenever you just feel the weight of the world on your shoulders, you can just get rid of it in the snap of a finger by calling out to Jesus and you will find peace in Christ Jesus. Just think about Christ Jesus and everything that he went through for your sake and how much he loves you and how he has not forgotten you, how he is always by your side. Turn with me to the book of Romans chapter 5. Verses one through five. All right. I know that, you know, I'm reading from a lot of different verses and I'm telling you to, to go back and forth. But, you know, um, I'm almost done. So just bear with me. All right. Romans chapter five. Verses one through five. Therefore, having been justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And we not only and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God 
has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Now, I want to focus really on verses three and four. All right. But what those set of five script, what those set of five verses that I had just read is talking about is how throughout all the trouble, throughout all the trials, throughout all the tribulations, faith always comes out on top. Faith triumphs in trouble and in tribulations. All right. I'm going to read verses three and four again. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance, character and character, hope. So you see, as I said before, you know, for those who put their trust in the things in this world, how a lot of how a lot of those people they're they're deceived because when they put their trust in the things in this world they think that they will get something back all right and how the things of this world they never end up giving anything back they never give anything back in return so they are constantly lied to all right however when we follow Christ Jesus yes we will go through tribulations but you know what we always get something back from those trials and tribulations okay that's not just something that we experience and that okay because we went through tribulations and trials one day we're going to look back on our life and we're going to say wow throughout all of this I didn't gain anything throughout all of the things I've been through, nothing came from it. I just lived a big, depressing life. Nothing came from all of these trials and tribulations. No. See, you get something back. All right. Because we know that from tribulation comes perseverance. All right. And perseverance, character, and character, hope. All right? See, the more tribulation, the more trials we face, the stronger we become in Christ Jesus. All right? The stronger we become in Christ Jesus. Okay? And that is how... We grow in Christ Jesus, okay? I mean, and this doesn't refer to everybody because, you know, there are some people who should be at a level of, you know, faith in Christ Jesus that just isn't there. But, all right, that's like comparing to, that's like comparing a person who just gave their life to the Lord yesterday compared to the person who gave their life to the Lord 10 years ago. Which one do you think is stronger 
in the Christian faith. All right. Either way, when they both became Christians, when they both gave their life to the Lord, when they both decided to follow God, that's when the trials and tribulations began. All right. So obviously the one who has been a Christian for 10 years, as opposed to the one who just gave his life to the Lord the other day, that person has been through more trials and tribulations. All right. And we know that tribulations produce perseverance. All right. And perseverance produces character and character hope. So obviously the one who has been a Christian for 10 years is stronger in the Christian faith. All right. That's how we become stronger. Now, as I said, not everybody's like this because there's some people, you know, who who just for whatever reason, they just don't grow in Christ Jesus. All right. It's sad, but that's a that's a different topic for a different day. OK. Now, I mean, the list of verses goes on and on and on. All right. I could stay on this topic forever. OK. But obviously I can't. All right. So I'm going to close right there all right and i want to um close with a prayer all right dear heavenly father thank you for this day oh lord thank you for the reading of your word heavenly father lord god i pray oh lord that you just continue to give us wisdom knowledge and the understanding and the reading of your word oh lord and Lord, help us apply your word to our everyday lives, O oh Lord. Lord Jesus, just help us to grow in our Christian faith, O oh Lord. Lord God, I thank you for your many blessings, O oh Lord. And Lord, just continue to give us the will and the desire and the passion and the want to, to just continue to study your word, O oh Lord. And just continue to give us that drive, O oh Lord, to just want to study your word, O oh Lord. In your name I pray, Lord God. Amen. Now, before I go, I want to leave you with this one verse. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Galatians chapter 5 verses 1. Thank you.